the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Plan Your Estate Radio with your host, San Jose Estate Planning Attorney Bob Bergman. Bob's been practicing law for over 30 years and is certified by the State Bar of California as a legal specialist in estate planning trust and probate law. Bob is here to help you set your house in order with valuable insights you can use today to prepare a better tomorrow for your loved ones. And now your host for Plan Your Estate Radio, Attorney Bob Bergman. Good afternoon, Bay Area. Bob Bergman here broadcasting from my offices in San Jose, California, in the Cambrian Park area of San Jose, if you're familiar with that. First of all, I want to launch the show today by letting everybody know that I'm going to be doing my next estate planning workshop on Saturday morning, August 14th, starting at 9 a.m. at the Silicon Valley Business Center. That's on Camden Avenue in San Jose, a couple blocks from my office in San Jose. My first workshop back in July had 22 people who attended, and uh, they had the opportunity to learn a little bit, a little bit about estate planning, but also to go through and do a little analysis of estate planning priorities, uh, and many of them found out that. Some of the things that are estate planning issues were things that actually applied to them. So I had several of the attendees indicate that they wish to schedule a consultation with me to uh, go over how I might be able to assist them. So I'm extending the offer to all of you. Um, I have space for up to 40 people attending. I don't anticipate having that many. But I have space for up to 40. If you're interested, go to my website at lawbob, L-A-W-B-O-B dot com and look for the link for workshops and seminars. Click up there on the menu and then it'll take you to a page in my website where you can click on another button to register for the workshop. You can also go to Eventbrite. Dot com, which is where I actually uh, put all the listing for the workshop. You can search for estate planning workshop and the date, August 14th, and then click on the link there as well. Uh, you'd also be able to find a link for it at my Facebook page, uh, Law Offices of Robert P. Bergman. Uh, just look for that in Facebook and you'll find it there as well. I'd love to have as many people attend as I have room because it turns out uh, it's a pretty darn good workshop and it would help you clarify whether or not estate planning is right for you, whether it's something you and your family need, uh, and whether it's something you should get started on right away. Okay, so I'm going to go into now my usual format for the show, which is questions and comments from around the state of California. 
I'll lead off first with one out of Salinas, California. And uh, it goes like this. My partner and I are unmarried. He has one child from a previous relationship, and we share a child together. We hold title of our house as joint tenants. If both of us died, will our children inherit the house? Are we able to make sure that happens by writing it in a will? Let me see if I can unpack all of this. There's a lot of moving parts in this situation. First of all, because they're unmarried, um, there's the issue of what happens when one of them passes away and the other half of the property passes to the surviving joint tenant. Uh, That could very well trigger a reassessment of 50% of the property. But the bigger issue is that between these two partners, one has two children and one has one child. If you caught that in the situation, if there's one child from a previous relationship and also has a child with the other partner, if the partner that shares the child passes away first, this property is going to go to the other partner. Then if that partner then dies, it's going to be divided between that partner's first child and the child that the two partners shared with each other. However, if the reverse happens, if the partner that had the has the previous child dies first and the house goes to the other partner and then that partner dies, 100% of the house is going to go to their shared child and nothing, as a general rule, would go to the first child. Now, there could be some other issues here if the first child has been adopted um, by the uh, by the partner uh, who shares the child, then both children would be treated as the children of both of the partners. So that's one way they can deal with that. Um, they could both make wills providing that uh, the property is divided between the two children, but that means the survivor could always change their will and uh, leave it only to one child and not the other, not have it split between the two children. There's a lot of moving parts here, and I would suggest that there's some serious estate planning that needs to be addressed by this couple to make sure that their ultimate wishes are carried out. Okay, here. Now, here it says, I've been asked to provide a copy of an irrevocable trust that lists me as the trustee for my parents in order to receive a settlement offer from an insurance company uh, relating to the death of my father. Um, I'm uh, the child and able to prove that, so I need to give them a copy of the trust. Is there any malicious reason they would want it? Well, I think what's going on here is if it says that the insurance is to be paid to the trust, they need to know who is the trustee in charge of the trust. That could typically be provided with a copy of the trust or the relevant sections of the trust that indicate this person is the successor trustee for the parents. 
there's really no malicious reason they would want to copy the trust other than proof that this person is the trustee and that they're entitled to receive the distribution. Here's kind of an uh, entertaining one uh, out of the Central Valley. I moved in with a friend about two years ago and he passed away. He has no other living relatives that are around, did not write a will, and there's no next of kin to obtain the house. So I'm trying to figure out how can I get the deed so I'm the legal owner? <laughs> well, uh, first of all, if you're not the person's spouse, if you're not the person's California registered domestic partner, if there was no will saying the house is left to you, you have no right to the house just because you moved in a couple of years ago and you've been living there. If, in fact, your friend had no living relatives, says that are around, I assume that means in the area, um, what will happen is that uh, someone will have to be appointed to probate the estate of this person and an air search will have to be done to see who is the next of kin of this friend that died. And uh, that may very well locate some distant, distant third cousin twice removed, and that's the person who would end up with the house. If there are literally no family members, distant or otherwise, left by this person, then the house will actually pass to the state by a process called S-cheat. Because there's no air, it will go to the state of California. We're coming up on the first break of the show today. Uh, stay tuned for more Plan Your Estate Radio after the break. This is attorney Bob Bergman. See you on the other side. This is Plan Your Estate Radio with San Jose estate planning attorney Bob Bergman on AM 1220 KDOW. Hi, welcome back to the second segment of the show today. I'm going to continue on with uh, more questions and comments, but I also want to throw out on the air that if you would like to ask me a question uh, on the air, you can always uh, call the station at... 800-516-1220 and uh, you can actually uh, ask me the question on the air. I will be taking calls today if anyone would like to call in. Remember it's 800-516-1220. Uh, no one uh, having called in in the last five seconds. I'm going to continue on with more questions and comments. Okay, this is out of Garden Grove, California. Uh, Garden Grove uh, was down there not too long ago, right next to Anaheim there, and D-Land, um, one of my favorite places to go, uh, the big Disneyland. Okay, it says, my aunt wants to transfer her home ownership to me. What is the way to avoid additional property tax due to the increase in the home value? It's currently valued at $700,000. Uh, she bought it for $330,000 in 2009. Well, the key to answering this question is when the person says, 
my aunt. Your aunt is not your parent. And because your aunt is not your parent, if your aunt transfers home ownership to you under Proposition 19, which went into effect in the middle of February of this year, there will be a 100% reassessment of the property taxes up to a $700,000 value, if that's in fact what the assessed value is, which will lead to property taxes of over $8,000 a year. There is no way to avoid that because of the fact that this is an aunt and niece or nephew relationship. I wish I could say there was some other way to do that, but there really is no way around that. Here's another aunt who appears to be not as benevolent as the, as the aunt I just talked about. Um, says, we're living in my aunt's home in Modesto. She recently died of COVID. Very sorry to hear that. My other aunt, who is named administrator of my deceased aunt's estate, is telling my family we have to move out by August because she's selling the house. Now understand, uh, this was actually July 24th that this question came through. So that's, you know, about a week ago. She said she needs to have the house appraised and she needs it to be empty. I just had a newborn baby. I don't think a month and a half is enough time. We have to save and then search for a house. I've been paying rent and paid property taxes on this property. Don't know what to do. Well, first of all, if the aunt was named administrator uh, and the first aunt who died recently died, it would have taken quite some time to be named administrator in a probate. Uh, it wouldn't have happened in a matter of a couple of weeks. It's going to be at least a couple of months. So uh, the real question is, does the aunt have any authority yet if she hasn't been appointed as administrator of this estate by the probate court? This is Modesto, so uh, in uh, Stanislaus County. And uh, the short answer is, uh, the, if the aunt is waiting to be appointed as administrator um, in the probate of the deceased aunt's estate, she has no authority to uh, evict anybody from the property until she actually has authority as administrator. So uh, for this person, I would, I would say, you've got time to find a new place. Uh, just, you know, don't drag your feet on it. I'm curious about this indication that uh, property taxes were paid. Um, I'm wondering what that's all about. It may very well be that they have a claim against the estate for monies that they paid out um, to assist the aunt that died. Um, if they've been paying rent, I would ask, do you have a rental agreement? Do you have a lease? If there's a lease, then... Um, they may have a right to stay there past the time that the administrator aunt is saying. So there's a lot of issues uh, to unpack in this question. 
But the first thing is, I doubt that the aunt has been appointed as an administrator quickly because if the other aunt recently died, I assume that means within the last month or two, and it would take a while to be appointed as the administrator pretty much in any county in the state of California. It takes a while to get into court to have that done. Okay, Uh, San Diego. My wife and I live in California. After our deaths um, and our home requires repairs, can the executor of, of our wills get money for the repairs from the anticipated transaction sale? Well, the answer to that question is, is it possible um, if they're now in charge of the house, is it possible for them to obtain a loan on the house to make repairs or to find companies that will make repairs in return for putting a claim for payment uh, from the escrow of the sale of the home? Um, That can be done um, if you can find a company willing to do that and willing to kind of invest their time and resources making those repairs. Um, Termite companies, for example, making repairs for termite damage, typically that gets paid out of the escrow. Uh, If that's the kind of thing we're talking about, that's very, very common. Uh, There may be other companies that uh, will do that as long as they can turn around and they can file a lien against the property so that uh, now if the property is not sold, they can actually foreclose on the property. So I think that's something that could actually be done, assuming that you can find contractors and workers willing to uh, to do that. Okay, here's someone that says, I'm recently married. Do I record a grant deed to reflect my new married name for my separate property? Only I will continue to be on the deed of my separate property. I plan on uh, signing a single person living trust after that, leaving my kids as beneficiaries, not my new husband. Before doing so, I believe I would need to update the recorder of my married name change since my name, maiden name is still on record. Well, the short answer to that is when you set up your trust, you would just transfer um, probably, let's say your maiden name is Jane Smith and your married name is Jane Williams. Um, Basically, you would say uh, you would uh, transfer as Jane Williams, a married woman, as her sole and separate property, who took title as Jane Smith, a single person, and then transferred to yourself as trustee of the trust. Okay, uh, mid-show break. Talk with you after the mid-show break. Now, back to Plan Your Estate Radio with attorney Bob Bergman. Hi, welcome back. So I'm going to continue on with more questions and comments from around the state of California. Uh, here's one out of Los Angeles. It says, um, during probate, should I transfer ownership of real estate property to my parents' existing trust or transfer it to the children? My parents have both passed away and were in probate. There is a trust... And the will of my last parent says that all assets not already included in the trust 
are to be added to that trust and held, administered, and distributed according to the terms of the trust. The trust says distribute to the children in equal shares. Uh, that's a typical pour-over will, a will that directs that anything subject to probate is to be turned over to somebody's existing trust and then distributed according to the terms of the trust. There is real estate that is not in the trust ownership. Can it be put in the trust instead of the names of the children? Would this limit liability to the children in the event something happened on the land? What would be the pros and cons? Also, would keeping the land in the trust affect the ability to get a reassessment exclusion for a parent-to-child transfer? It says the debt last death was in July of 2020, which means Proposition 19 would not apply and the prior law, Proposition 58, the parent-to-child transfer, could very well apply and have there be no reassessment. Well, if the trust says distribute to the children, there's two steps here. First thing is that real estate has to get into the trust using the will. Uh, that might be able to be done with a Hegstat petition, which I've talked about numerous times on my show over the last few years. Uh, that would be in Los Angeles County. Uh, whether it's successful or not would depend on uh, whether there's other evidence, written evidence of intent that this property was intended to be in the trust ownership by the parents. Absent that, they may actually have to probate the property and follow the will to get it turned over into the the trust ownership, but then if the trust says distribute it out to the children, there's really no way that you can just keep it in the trust and have it somehow magically provide asset protection or something like that for the children. The reason being that if it says to distribute it out, that means that the children are in fact entitled to receive that property as soon as the uh, the trustee is able to distribute it out to them. So there's not going to be any protection uh, by leaving it in the trust. In fact, there's no, uh, doesn't look like there's any authority to retain the ownership in the parent's trust um, and it will need to be distributed out. That's kind of my little analysis of that fact situation. Okay, uh, Writing a will during a divorce in California. Now, this overlaps with family law, but um, and I would say maybe defer more to a family lawyer to answer this, but I will give it a shot as an estate planning attorney. Person says, I understand there's a restraining order in place once a divorce is served, which does not permit uh, the changing of ownership of any assets or the transfer of ownership of assets. But... Can one spouse write a will saying that um, any cash they have goes to one person and any other assets goes to another person for whatever the settlement would be after the divorce is finalized? What happens should this person become deceased during the divorce? Does the will become void and the other person still get everything? Or will the will come into effect once the divorce is settled? Well, you can do at least a will 
that directs that your share of community property and any separate property you have be distributed according to your wishes, even if you're in the middle of a divorce. What you can't do is you cannot take a property and transfer your half uh, to yourself and then put it in a trust or something like that. Um, the divorce has a restraining order that is automatic by the law that prohibits that. Uh, so that really can't be done. But you can do an estate plan that directs that that your share of property is to be distributed perhaps to a trust you set up um, or distributed directly to people you have identified, whatever is, whatever is that you wish to do. This is the kind of thing where consultation with both an estate planning attorney and uh, the family lawyer involved representing this person should be coordinated to make sure that uh, everything that's done is above board and does not somehow violate the stay that is in effect once a divorce is filed and served. Okay, again out of Los Angeles. A lot of things coming out of Los Angeles. Okay, if a person dies without a will with three living children and one predeceased child that had five children, in other words, grandchildren, will the deceased child's portion or share, that would be 25%, be split equally amongst the grandkids, the deceased child's children? Or will all the children and grandchildren split the inheritance equally? Well, the general rule is if you don't have a will, then the transfer of your estate goes by representation, which means that each living child gets an equal share. And then the issue of a predeceased child receives an equal share to be divided between all of them. So in this case, the living kids each get 25%, and the five grandkids will split the remaining 25%, so they'd each get 5% from grandma or grandpa's estate. That's the general rule. Now, of course, an estate plan can have a completely different rule, uh, but it has to be written and clear what the person intended if they didn't intend uh, kind of the general distribution rule, what we call the laws of intestate secession, which is the laws of who gets your stuff when you die if you don't have a plan. Okay, uh, once the last trustor passes away, is there additional paperwork that needs to be filed or does the successor trustee automatically take control? Okay, my wife is the successor trustee of her parents' trust and now her mother has passed away. She was the surviving spouse. How does my wife take control of the trust? Is there additional paperwork to file? or is using the death certificate credibility that she, in fact, is the new boss? Well, uh, basically, you would do a certification of trust that identifies that um, the original trustor has died and you're the new trustee. If there's real estate, you do an affidavit of change of trustee with a certified copy of the death certificate that then would be uh, recorded showing that the uh, original trustor trustee 
has died, and you are taking over now as the new one in charge. Um, may not be a lot of paperwork to do. Uh, you may be able to take the death certificate and prove that you're the successor trustee to banks, brokerages, have the accounts changed over. They're going to need a new tax ID number because the Social Security number of that last parent that passed away cannot be used on those accounts anymore because the Social Security number is no longer valid tax identification because the owner of that number has died. So uh, you probably should at least get with an accountant, maybe with an estate planning attorney to get this paperwork put together, get a tax ID number before you go around starting trying to take over everything. Okay, uh, let's see. I think we might have time for um, might have time for one or two more here. Uh, let's see. I'm looking at my clock. I think I might have a little more than a minute left. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay, out of Costa Mesa, California, just south of Los Angeles. Uh, we're revising our revocable trust to change the executor and successor trustees. Well, first of all, the executor is the person you name on your will to handle any probate state matters. Successor trustees are the people you name on your trust. A lot of people confuse the two. They're similar jobs, but not identical. And, uh, and it doesn't have to be the same person doing both jobs, although typically it's the same person named for both. So they, they ask here, do I have to have each revised page of a revocable trust notarized? Well, first of all, if you're going to do a revision of a trust, there's two ways to do it. Number one, you can do a, an amendment to the trust where you state Here's the parts of the trust in simple terms. Here's the parts of the trust that are being changed. Here's the changes. And then you date it and sign it, probably have it notarized uh, to reflect that everything else in the trust that you didn't change is still in effect. If there's a lot of changes, sometimes it's better to do an amendment and a restatement replacing the entire trust document with a new trust document that incorporates all the changes that you've made, because that may be easier to keep track of later on when you pass away than having people refer back and forth between several different papers that may have been signed over the years. We're coming up on to the third break today, and when I come back, I'll close out the show uh, with the remaining questions and comments I have in front of me. This is attorney Bob Bergman. And I'll see you after the last break today. Now, back to Plan Your Estate Radio. Once again, your host, estate planning trust and probate law specialist, attorney Bob Bergman. Hi, welcome back. Well, we're going to finish up our show today with a few more questions and comments. And then uh, and I'll wrap it up with a brief discussion of my upcoming estate planning workshop. Okay. Um, okay, out of Lodi, California. Um, my spouse and I have a family trust where we're co-trustees. We have multiple pieces of real property. And when we look at recorder records, 
it shows my wife and I holding the properties as trustees, referencing our trust. This is true for all of our properties except one property was transferred to the trust, but the only trustee given title was me. My wife was not included on the deed. So when I look at the county records, the title owner is only me as the trustee, and it references the trust. My concern is, do I need to make sure this property is retitled in both trustees' names so it doesn't cause an issue if I pass away? Or is this a minor issue that can be ignored for now? I'm kind of torn on this one. I would tend to be more conservative and say, go ahead and record a new deed that adds the wife's name to the title as a co-trustee. Oops, excuse me. That being said, if the husband passes away, uh, then the wife could do an affidavit of change of trustee, removing the husband's name from the title and substituting herself in as the new trustee. Um, But I would tend to say, clean up the title. You found it. I'd say clean up the title now so that it's very, very clear and unambiguous in any way, shape, or form that there was an intention that it be uh, uh, owned by both parties as trustees of their joint trust. Okay, out of Anaheim, Disneyland. Um, My husband's aunt left a trust that said her wife gets control of everything unless she passes, Then everything is passed to my husband and his two brothers. But supposedly her wife remarried the caregiver after a few weeks, a few weeks after his aunt's death. Then um, the wife passed away and no, no one told us. And now the caregiver has everything. Whoa. Okay. I would wonder at this point right there whether or not the aunt's wife, um, first of all, it says gets control of everything. I don't know if that means had everything turned over to ownership or not or left in trust and said you have the right to this property, um, uh, to live in this property, use it, and then uh, when you die, it goes to my Uh, my uh, three nephews, the husband and the two brothers. Um, The other thing I would ask is the caregiver, caregiver of whom? Caregiver of the aunt that died or caregiver of the aunt's wife? Um, And um, whether there was undue influence going on there? Uh, This is a very confused set of facts, and I would need a lot more information in order to even attempt to um, to discuss that one further. But you can see that crazy situations happen all the time. And pretty much all these situations I talk about on my show where there's weird things going on, it's almost invariably because there was no actual estate plan put in place that was either coherent or that dealt with issues like these upfront in advance. That's why I want to encourage all of you. First of all, if you're interested in having a free consultation with me uh, to go over your estate planning needs and whether or not it's right for you, you can go to my website at lawbob.com, click on the link to book a call, 
and then it'll take you right into my calendar where you can book a date and time to either call me, have me call you, have a Zoom meeting, or else come in person to my office in San Jose. I'm open to all of those choices. If you'd like to find out more about what some estate planning issues there are out there before booking a call with me, I urge you to register for my free estate planning workshop coming up on Saturday, August 14th at 9 a.m. It will run about one hour, and I'll have time afterwards to answer questions for people. It's at the Silicon Valley Business Center on Camden Avenue uh, near Lee Avenue in San Jose, and it's absolutely free. Uh, Those attending will receive a free copy of my California Consumer Guide to Wills, Living Trust, and Estate Planning, which is packed filled with information for those of you who like to read a lot of information, learn new things, a lot of information packed in there. Uh, But you can also go through the Planning Priorities Quiz together with me, which will take you through various estate planning priorities, and you can determine whether or not they're important to you not important at all, or about 50-50. And at the end of the workshop, I think you'll have more clarity about whether or not you need to do estate planning. And you'll also have a chance to see me, hear me, and evaluate me in person to see whether or not I'm the guy to help you out with your estate planning. So that's it for our show today. I'll be back next week. For more Plan Your Estate Radio, Um, I hope you've enjoyed the show today. I hope you've learned some things. And I hope especially you've learned that estate planning is not something to dabble with or to try to do without assistance of an expert. So until next week, this is attorney Bob Bergman. See you then. You've been listening to Plan Your Estate Radio with estate planning attorney Bob Bergman. For more information on today's program or to schedule a consultation, visit lawbob.com, L-A-W-B-O-B, lawbob.com. Or call his office in San Jose, 408-247-0444. That's 408-247-0444. And be sure to tune in next week for more Plan Your Estate Radio with attorney Bob Bergman. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of this station and are for informational purposes only and should not be construed to be legal, financial, or tax advice. Seek appropriate legal advice regarding your particular situation. Attorney Bob Bergman does not offer any guarantees with regard to the outcome of your legal matter. Prior results in other cases do not guarantee a similar outcome in your case. All rights reserved.